0: Fill up every day at his pump. Lest we forget where the gas comes from. Welcome to Follow Me to Heaven where God's Word is truth and your questions matter. I'm your host, Jonathan Romero, and today we're going to be focusing on verses 2 and 3 of chapter 3 of Colossians. Um, And actually, verse 2 Uh, goes hand in hand with verse 1. So I will read verse 1, 2, and 3. And we will discuss a little bit of verse 1, even though we've done that already. Uh, But then we'll get into verses 2 and 3 and uh, see what exactly the Lord has there. So it says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So in verse 1, it says, if then you have been raised with Christ. So Paul is making that argument um, that if you have been raised with Christ, if you have been born again, if the old you has passed away, he says, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So Paul's intention for the believer, for all Christians and here uh, in context for these Colossians is that they are to seek the things that are above, not the things that are on earth, because that's what he says in verse two. And the reason being is we have to understand that These people are going against these false teachers. The Christians in this early church are trying to seek Christ, but they're being influenced by these false teachers and what they're ultimately saying or what they are holding to is a form of Gnosticism or Gnosis, which means to know or to have knowledge. Um, And the idea behind that is that they are to seek this knowledge from within themselves because... Uh, They would say that all things that are material is corrupt, is fallen, but the spiritual self is good. So you must seek from within. But here, Paul is making this argument that he's saying, if you have been raised with Christ then seek the things that are above where Christ is. So the seeking of the things above kind of seems like an outward um, movement, an outward thing. And then in verse 2, he says, set your minds on things that are above. So now it's more internal. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, right? We have to understand again, the above there is where Christ is. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Our thinking ought to be so heavenly minded Uh, that it leaves no room for the things on earth to occupy it. When Paul says this, we have to keep in mind the context. Uh, The false teachers, again, were teaching and influencing the early church with the early form of Gnosticism, where they believe that wisdom and secret knowledge uh, is found from within, and you have to uh, really search it uh, within you. Um, but here again, we must remember, uh, earlier that what, what does Paul say? He says, in Christ is hidden all knowledge and wisdom, right? If we go to Philippians, uh, chapter four, verses eight and nine, it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So Paul here writing to the Philippians, he's saying, all right, finally, in conclusion, uh, brothers, Christians, whatever is true. So now he's saying anything that is true. Well, how do we find truth apart from God? Well, you can't. We need God. God is truth, right? What does Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me, right? So, Jesus is what's true. So, we can also say that whatever f- proceeds from his mouth or follows from uh. uh the words that come from his mouth, uh, we must take into account that nothing is a lie. So when it comes to the word of Christ, the word of God, um, that is true. It says, whatever is honorable. Again, we must do all things to the glory of God. So if that is the case, whatever is honorable We must ask ourselves, is what am I, is what I'm doing in honor of God? Does this honor the Lord that I'm doing this or that I'm doing that? So we have to, again, evaluate ourselves, evaluate what we are doing and ask ourselves, is God being glorified in what I'm doing? Again, he says, whatever is just, or you could say, whatever is right, whatever is correct. Again, this can only work in a Christian worldview because we have an ultimate uh, standard, right? A standard that is apart from any one of us, right? It's not subjective. It's objective. This standard is God. God himself dictates what is right and what is wrong because he is what is true, right? He is God. He is the standard. And then it says, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, all these things, again, apart from God, we cannot find, um, we need God. We need his word. And he tells us what is pure. He tells us what is lovely. He says, whatever is commendable again, commendable by who man? No, by God. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Now uh, we get the same idea. We have this kind of mindset that is so heavenly that we are thinking about these things that are true, that are honorable, that are just, that is pure, uh, that is lovely, commendable. Anything in excellence, anything that is worthy of praise, he tells us, set your minds on these things. And then in verse 9, he says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. So, Paul is saying, I am setting up an example for you. What you have learned from me, right? I'm teaching you. And what you have received from me, that's what Paul is saying. And what you have heard from me and what you have seen in me. So, Paul is living this out, the whole uh everything that it says here, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, they can look at Paul and say, Oh, okay, he has given us an example on what it means uh to think about those things, and not only that he says, practice these things, so not only think about these things because thinking about them is only half of that battle um half of uh what you're Ultimately, trying to do as your end goal. Because the end goal is practicing these things. And what do we receive when we do these things? He says, and the God of peace will be with you. Again, apart from God, apart from Christ, this is impossible. It's impossible. We need Christ. We need the Holy Spirit within us to help us and guide us uh, to be our teacher uh to help us understand what is true what is right what is honorable and he does that as we read his word the word of god explains to us the wisdom and knowledge that is hidden in christ so again it's not searching from within us it's searching god himself and putting and setting our minds that on the things that are above and to do, to do that um, is to do whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, anything in excellence, anything worthy of praise. Uh, Paul says, set your minds on these things, not on things that are on earth, earthly things that pass away. right? Listen to what a T. Robinson says, Robertson says. He says, the baptized life means that the Christian is seeking heaven and is thinking heaven. His feet are upon the earth, but his head is with the stars. He is living like a citizen of heaven on earth. And we kind of get that same idea as well, um, about seeking the things that are above, right? Setting our minds on things that are above and not on things that are on earth. In Matthew chapter six, verse 33, right? uh to give in context the lord is giving us an example on uh or not an example but more of explaining to us that we are not to be anxious about anything in our lives because again who is god to us right the father who is in heaven knows exactly what we need and he will see to it that he that we get exactly what we need right Verse 33 of chapter 6 in Matthew, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So again, earlier, he says, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothing? And then he gives this, Look at the birds of the air. they neither sow nor reap nor gather in, into barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of value than they? So again, we see here the Lord Jesus explaining to us exactly that we cannot by being anxious, we cannot add a single hour to our lifespan or take away, because what he is saying is what are you being anxious about the lord will give you what you need it says seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and then what and all these things will be added to you so again the lord sees fit what we need and he will give it to us at the right time exactly at the right time we have to be patient we have to trust in God, knowing and understanding that He knows all things because He's decreed all things. And then in a verse, uh, we go back to Colossians chapter 3. In verse 3, uh, it says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So, when it says, For you have died, who, again, who is the you? The you is the Christian. Here, is the Colossians, right? The church of Colossae. And it says, for you have died, happened already. You have died. Well, how can you be dead if you're still breathing, right? If you're still walking around and you're still in your physical body, he says, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. So we go back to what the baptism right into what death? whenever we were baptized into Christ, right? In Colossians uh, chapter two, it says in verse 20, if you, if with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why as if you were, you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? So there's, there's the thing, what have we died to? Well, we have died to the elemental spirits of the world. The world has no hold on us any longer. Why is that? Because we have died to this world and to be dead to this world is to be alive with God. And that is why our life now is where, is where Christ is, is hidden with Christ in God. Talk about if anybody needs assurance, of your faith anybody needs assurance that you have been saved and that you cannot lose your salvation well here it is if you have died right if you identify yourself in the death of christ and the resurrection of christ well get this your life is hidden now is hidden present tense now hidden where with christ so your life is hidden with Christ and then with Christ and God. So it's as if your life is in Christ and then God is encompassing Christ as if it's like a double hold on your life. That's his protection to us. That's him protecting our lives. So even though we die physically on this earth, as Christians, we will be with Him when we die. Uh, I love what John MacArthur says when he talks about death. And he says the, the worst thing that death can do is just hand you over to Christ. So praise God for that. It's amazing to look at God's promises to us. And because His words are true, we can trust that that is true. That our life is is now hidden with Christ in God. Uh, the reality of every believer, right? Every Christian is that we have died, right? The reason being is because we have identified in his death. And also, uh, let me just go to John twelve twenty four, and just explain a little bit. And here in chapter 12 of John, um, in verses 20 through 26, we see that there are some Greeks that are actually seeking uh, for Christ. And Jesus here Uh, Says in verse 24, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat, grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Now, you may ask yourself, what is Jesus talking about there? Well, if Christ did not die, he would abide alone and he would ultimately enjoy all of the glories himself. Nobody would have been saved, right? Because we're all sinners. And if that is the case, not one of us would be saved because the Savior did not die. Well, what happened? He did die and thus providing a way for sinners to be reconciled to a holy God, right? So, whenever the Father looks at us, he no longer sees a guilty sinner, He sees a blood-washed saint. And the reason for that is because when we go back to John chapter 12, verse 24, again, the Lord is comparing himself to this grain of wheat. And he says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone, right? That means if this grain of wheat did not die, it will remain alone, which is why uh, I said that he would ultimately just enjoy Uh, the glories to himself, but God being gracious and merciful, it says here, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. What is this fruit? Well, the salvation of people, right? The salvation of sinners that deserve God's punishment, deserves God's wrath. And instead we receive his mercy and his grace through his son, because his son did die. And because he died and he rose from the grave, that gives us now the ability to also be raised with him to new life. And now we can set our minds on things that are above and not on things that are on earth. And Paul makes this in verse three of Colossians chapter three, he says, for you have died. Again, speaking about that, our identification in Christ, that means we have risen to new life. And he says, and your life, is hidden with Christ in God. And praise God for that. Praise God that He has made us alive in Christ. And that's why when, in verse 4, He says, when Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Right? This is a, a future event that will happen when the Lord returns. When Christ who is your life so our life is hidden in Christ or with Christ. And the reason being is because Christ is our life. Do you get that? And then it says, when he appears, when he comes back, then you will appear with him in glory. Right? Our destination is glorification. And right now we are being sanctified. So right now we're being, in, we're in the process of sanctification where the Lord is conforming our minds and transforming us into thinking like Christ into being more Christ like, and that's what we're being called to because God calls us to be holy. And it says, because he is holy, it says if we are to represent God on earth and how is that done? Well, that's being more like Christ, right? If we are made in his image, um, We have to conform ourselves more and more into this image of Christ. And how is that done? Well, the Holy Spirit does that, right? He changes us from within. He reveals to us the sins that we forgot that we had, the sins that we forgot that we've committed. And the purpose of the Holy Spirit revealing that to us is that we may repent from it and turn to Christ. But again. Um, God has saved us from eternity past, right? The lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world, that is Christ. And if he has taken away your sins, know and trust that he has taken away all your sins, even the ones that you do not remember you've committed. But if you do begin to remember things that you have forgotten, Well, confess them to the Lord, knowing he will forgive because he has forgiven. So trust in God, put your faith in God. If you haven't done so, confess your sins to him. Trust that the Lord Jesus did enter his own creation and died a death that we should have lived the life that we are unable to live, right? He lived a sinless life. And with that. You put your faith in Christ and the work that he has done for us that we were unable to do. And with that scripture says, God says that he will give us life because again, we're dead in our sins and trespasses, right? The uncircumcision we were once there, but now we are what we are now believers. We are now Christians. We are now made alive. And this is important and the reason why is because in verses five and on, Paul then begins to explain what has died. And because that has died, we must put it to death or consider it dead. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth because you have died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Trust that, believe that reread God's word, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what is in his word, right? Don't read yourself into God's word. Instead, read out of God's word and try to understand what is God telling me here. Again, we don't want to twist God's word because we will have to give an account to that. Instead, we must really carefully read God's word and try to understand through the help of the Holy Spirit. And I hope that this uh, will help you will guide you into that right direction. And that's the purpose of this podcast, right? Follow me to heaven. Uh, you are following me as we are walking along through God's word and try, trying to understand uh, what is God saying here in these verses? Why did God put these specific verses in his word, uh, that it says it is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. There's not one verse in the word of God that is not important. Every single verse is important, right? Everything that is written inside God's word is important. So we must believe that we must trust that and ask God for help. And not only that don't also don't do it by yourself, especially if you have questions, go to your pastors, uh, right? your elders the church, uh, brothers and sisters, uh, that you're walking alongside with and and search the scriptures together, hold Bible studies, uh, really focus in on, uh, these verses. Um, and not only these verses, the whole Bible, right? We're living in a time, uh, that there could be one day where Bibles are banned. And what are you going to do now? Right? James White, uh, made it really clear when he spoke about this, uh, just recently, how much of the word of God have you memorized that if the Bible were taken away from you, all access to the Bible was taken away from you, how much of the Bible would you know? How much of the Bible could you recite? And that is very important. And that is why, uh, I do studies like this so that we may gain an understanding of God's word. And I encourage y'all to reread God's word because God's word is what we are to be filled with because in doing so we overflow God's word with God's word. And not only that, we are able to admonish one another. And also scripture says to be filled with God's word is to be filled with the spirit. This is Follow Me to Heaven with Jonathan Romero.